Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome, fight fans, to this special of the Olympics, Tokyo 2020. We thought we'd bring you uh, a little bit of a preview of what's to come with the Olympic Games and the boxing aspect of it, of course. We're really excited to be doing it. And, you know, Johnston, big thanks to you. You're with us, obviously, doing this great, great preview of what is always a great spectacle for boxing fans. And it's also the moment where a lot of the casual boxing fans do get involved and actually care about amateur boxing. It's going to be interesting to see how social media rages on over the next couple of weeks. But Olympic boxing and Johnston, we've done a couple of specials during the course of the lockdown last year. We enjoyed the USA teams of 76, 84 and GB 2012. Now we've got this new crop of the Tokyo 2020 Olympics. Of course, we all know it's 2021, but we're going to be talking about some absolute great prospects for for the UK and obviously as a whole what this is going to mean for boxing going forward and of course we're going to talk about all the favourites all the people that are in the categories in the weight categories the female the male we've got it all we're really excited to be doing it and yeah Johnston passing it over to you then you know just just give us a brief sort of thought on and what you think about what the Olympics means and what Olympic boxing means to to you um mate I, I love it absolutely love it I've I've loved the the Olympics in general from a very young age, but obviously the boxing is something that I've always kept a, a good eye on, especially sort of around old Harrison's time, really, when I remember being in uh, secondary school and uh, and watching old Lee, big old Lee, win the gold for us in Sydney in 2000. And, and it's from that point, really, that I, I really made sure that I, that boxing was one thing that I really did keep an eye on. And I love it. Absolutely love it. I love the, the, the whole idea of it. I mean, the one thing that always puts me off is obviously these, these controversial cards 
it happens in a pro game and it probably happens even worse in the Olympics, to be honest with you. But I'm really, really happy with the 11 fighters, 11 out of 13. I mean, we're going to the details in a bit, but 11 out of 13 fighters for, for us lot. Eight men were participating, seven got through and five women and four got through. And I'll tell you what, they're all in good shape. They're all on good form and they've all won major goal, major medals across the board, whether it be the Worlds, whether it be um, Europeans, Commonwealth. They've all done it. And the, the medal haul between these 11 is actually quite incredible. So uh, I'm, I'm doubly excited about it. I can't wait. And it means, uh, for me personally, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. And it's nice to be able to watch these guys um, get some television footage. So uh, really excited. So the Olympic Games starts on the 24th of July. The boxing in particular starts on the 24th. Uh, it runs up until the 8th of August, so we've got a good couple of weeks of it. Now, there for this one, there's going to be two fewer men's weight classes and two additional women's divisions compared to the 2016 Olympics in Rio. Now, women will compete in five separate categories. We've got... The flyweight, 51 kilos. We've got the featherweight, 57 kilos. Lightweight, 60 kilos. Welterweight, 69 kilos. And middleweight at 75 kilos. Then we've got the eight men's brackets, which will be flyweight at 52, feather at 57, light at 63, welterweight at 69, middle 75, light heavyweight 81, heavy 91, and super heavy plus 91. So exciting. Lot of a lot of categories. A lot of competitors for us. This is a really good opportunity. But we're not just going to talk about GB as a whole because there are a lot of amazing amateur boxers from all the different countries across the world, which we will be highlighting over the course of the episode. Now, there is a rule change prior to the last Olympics, which sees the possibility of professional boxers competing in Tokyo once again, although none of them actually made it past the last 16 in Rio. Now, Prior to the 2016 game, only amateurs were allowed to take part. Now, there's a lot of controversy over that and a lot of uproar, weren't there? Do you remember yeah. all the all the yeah. different opinions from the professional boxers? They were like, no, this shouldn't happen. They shouldn't be allowed to do this. Yeah, I do remember that. Um, and I do remember a bit of hoo-ha around it. But at the end of the day, if a pro- professional wants to jump in and get involved, then um, good luck to them. Um, if, if it brings a something different than great but I can I can understand you know this is for the amateur fighters these are the for the guys that are fighting in the world boxing series is uh, you know that that is this is this is their their limelight this is this is what this is what can define their boxing careers after this you know whether they actually go on to do anything if they win a medal uh, and even if they don't you know we've had so many fighters throughout the years that haven't even gone on to win medals and have gone on to be exceptional fighters in the pro game it's a different kettle of fish you can't be a pro and be 20 and 0 with 20 knockouts even and then step in to a free rounder three minutes which is which is how it works in the amateur in the olympic games and and be able to win it's, it's tricky it's tough it's not easy so uh, i can understand where people are coming from but the rule change you know it, it's happened and, and that's what it is but the boxing well it's it's hosted at tokyo's now it's at Kugikan, Kugukigan Arena. Um, I don't know if I'm getting this right. Is it a Kugukigan? <laughs> I'd go. I'd go with that. I'd go with that. 
do, do you know what though? It is uh, it's the spiritual home of Japan's national sport of sumo wrestling. Love it. Uh, so and the arena is actually a bowl shaped arena as well, like a big bowl of rice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, meaning that seven fans and uh, three hundred fans will have an excellent view of the ring action in the centre of the auditorium. So a nice arena for the and, and a decent attendance. Well, seven thousand three hundred. Unfortunately. All behind closed doors, obviously, as we all are aware. So we will talk about Team GB, of course. We are British-based podcast hosts, so why, we, why not? Why not talk about GB? You know, this is a good time for us. But again, we will obviously focus on a lot of the other competitors in there that are potential favourites to winning their category. So let's talk about Team GB's qualification. I know you touched on it at the start of the episode. Now, 11 out of the 13 qualified, 7 out of the 8 men and 4 out of the 5 women. Now, only Lewis Richardson and Rosie Eccles failed to make it through. The team returned home from Paris with nine medals, two golds, five silvers and two bronzes. Now, Team GB Boxing Performance Director Rob McCracken said, It's been a brilliant performance from the team. To qualify 11 boxers for the Olympic Games is a superb achievement and the boxers have really stepped it up when it matters. Now, the only other nations that will have 11 boxers representing them are the Russian Olympic Committee and Uzbekistan who will arrive at the Games with arguably the strongest group of boxers. Now, Team GB Chef Dimission for the Tokyo Olympic Games, Mark England, said that there is a huge amount of strength and talent among the boxers selected to Team GB for the Tokyo Olympic Games. And their impressive performances in Paris last month demonstrate how deserving they all are of selection. Yeah, um, I'll make him right. Um, they are, I think this could be our strongest uh, looking at, one thing I did do is have a look at the historic teams from years gone by and, and I think this probably is just as good as the 2012 team to be honest with you. But you know, there's a lot of talent. The, the trouble is back in the day, you know, we used to just have the Cubans, all the Eastern Bloc um, that and the Americans, I say Americans, but that was way, way, back, way back when, but the Russians as well. These guys were the leaders of the pack, um, uh, but now you're getting these these other fighters from India. You can have a fighter from China. All of a sudden, that they're all competing. And we'll, when we go through some of these favourites, I think we'll get the gist of it. So we'll jump straight in. Look, we're going to go through each fighter. There's 11 fighters. We're not going to go male and female. It's through weights. So we're going to start at the, uh, the the highest category, the super heavyweight category, the 91 plus kilos and we're going to start with Fraser the Eraser Clark who has a record at the moment of 61 wins and 23 defeats and five by a knockout now this all all the men's will all, all their their current records all include the world series of boxing career as well so that's a whole the whole shit the whole shebang uh, we've got no professional fighters in our uh, f- from our British fighters either but going back to Fraser Clark he is actually uh, ranked 13th in the AIBA World Rankings, and he's sixth from BoxRec. He's aged at 29 years old, and he is from Burton-upon-Trent. He's an orthodox stance fighter and stands at a staggering six foot six. His achievements, well, he won the English Nationals in 2015, but collected silvers in 2012 and 2014. Gold at a great Britain Championships in 2015, gold twice in the European Unions in 2014 and 2018, gold at the uh, Stranza Cup in 2014 and bronze in 2016, silver at the 2017 European Championships and 2018 Commonwealth gold. Oh, what I mean, 
impressive resume there. Yeah, he has got an impressive resume. He, he's one of our strongest candidates to actually go out there and win a gold medal. And, you know, he did miss out on 2012 to Anthony Joshua uh, and then Rio 2016 to Joe Joyce. And, and look <laughs> at where they are in their careers now. It's, it's crazy, isn't it, when you think of... He, he has been the nearly man for Team GB and he's now got his opportunity in the 2020 Tokyo Olympics to do something. And this is what he said to Sky Sports. He said, you've got to keep working at things, believe in yourself and surround yourself with good people. It's not over until it's over. That's a message I want to give to youngsters. Sometimes you fail at fir- the first hurdle, but you can get back up and you can go again. Now, we'll have to do precisely that for this Olympic Games after a tough 2019 when he went to the European Games in Minsk, Belarus, only to suffer a surprise defeat to Nivli Tiafak in the round of 16. Then on his World Championships de- debut, he had a dreadful decision go against him. Already declared the winner against Maxim Babanin, by split decision, 3-2 to two in the quarterfinals, the result actually ended up being overturned uh, by about review jury on appeal. Uh, it's a pretty disgusting decision. You feel sorry for him. Yeah. So let's just hope that this doesn't happen to him again. Oh, mate, absolutely glad that social media went, went in a bit of a frenzy with that. Uh, I remember watching it. I was at work. I remember watching it um, and I thought we won it. Just carried on with days work, <laughs> me work. And, and next thing I know, it was it was they changed the decision, which was just appalling. But his road to Tokyo then. So we're, we're going to try and do this as well and just explain how they got there. So Clark, well, he sealed his spot for Team GP, G, Team GB at the European Colour qualifiers at the Le Grand Dome in Paris. Now, in the round of 32, he had a walkover against Italian Clemente Russo. Then the last 16, he defeated Croatia's Marco Milan, 5 to nothing. Another 5 to nothing victory cemented his place over Turkey's Erin Uzan, and then he made the semi-finals, and Clark made the final gold medal match without even throwing a single punch because Ivan Verisov of Russia pulled out um, and that gave Clark a buy through to the final. Now, in the final, he fought a Frenchman called Morand Aliyev, who was on obviously home soil. He got the decision four to one uh, and um, Clark picked up the silver medal. Now, as you mentioned, it's taken him 10 years. 10 years for the big man to finally fulfill his Olympic dream. He said in his own words, it's a struggle to put into words exactly how I feel right now. Apart from the birth of my child, it is the best moment of my life. So, as we said, we are going to look at other challenges uh, for the gold medal. Now, the favourite, it isn't Fraser Clark, it's actually Makodir Jalalov. I think I've got that one right. The big Uzbek. Uh, Now, he's a southpaw (laughs) who... Won gold in 2019 World Championships. He holds the 2017-2019 Asian Championship gold medals and was the Uzbekistan flag bearer at the 2016 Rio Olympics where he didn't actually medal. Now he's boasting a 6-0 pro record. So we mentioned about, obviously, these pros deciding to go into the Olympics. Here's one of them. Now, Jalalov is a strong contender for the gold in the Tokyo Olympic Games. And this is what he has said about going into these games, he said, I don't think any athletes throughout the Olympics, I don't think any athletes thought the Olympics would be postponed, but I look at it as more training time. I am honoured to represent my country again and go for gold. Uh, The other challengers, Richard Torres Jr. of the United States. Now, he's had raised expectations to become the first to medal in this division since 
Tyrell Big Briggs from 1984. I remember doing the 1984 team, as we said last year. Yeah. Tyrell Briggs, another one who, who medaled there. Uh, but he was actually knocked out cold in the 2019 World Championships by the medal favourite, who we've just been speaking about, Jalalov, which has brought expectations down a little bit for the United States. Of course, the Americans not really done very well in boxing for, for quite a long time. Another one to keep an eye on is the Frenchman who defeated Clark in the final of the European qualifiers, which was Murad Aliyev. So there you go. There's the, there's quite a few to look out for in this division. Yeah, there is. And uh, Yanilov, well, uh, he looks like a different different man. I mean, actually, there was actually being talk of him fighting Tyson Fury, uh, believe it or not. I remember there uh, vaguely. Uh, but Fraser Clark, his first fight is against uh, Sante... Uh, Regava, Sante Regava of the Ukraine in the round of 16, and that's going to take place on Thursday, uh, July 29th. Uh, tune in for that one. Um, our prediction well, the draw was made today, and uh, I have taken a look. We both have had a look through what the potential opponents are going to be for our guys. Um, unfortunately, um, I think uh, Clark uh, misses out to Jadalov in the semis because that's when they meet and I think that's where he's going to you know he might get through I hope he does I really do but I think Jadalov has got this sealed and unfortunately Clark meets him in the semis which means for me Fraser Clark picks up a bronze medal yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a fair assessment. Now the draw is out and it's out there. And you know who's going to face who and the route to to get that gold medal. We kind of know now how this is potentially going to pan out. So we'll swiftly move on. We'll go down to the heavyweight category at ninety one kilos and look at Team GB's representative in Chevon Clark, who's twenty six and twelve as an amateur with only two by way of knockout. Again, that includes the World Series of Boxing career. Now he is ranked by Aiba uh, as the fifth in the world, and Boxrec have him at 23rd in the world. Now, he's actually the oldest member of Team GB at the age of 30, so this is definitely, definitely his last opportunity to get a medal at the Olympics. Uh, he was actually born in Montenegro Bay in Jamaica, and he now represents GB. Uh, he's from Gravesend in Kent, and he's got an orthodox stance, and he stands at 5 foot and 11 and a half inches. So, his achievements in boxing so far in the amateur side of the sport. European Championship Silver in 2017. Bronze at the EU Championships and Commonwealth Games in 2018. And another bronze at the European Games in 2019. Now looking at his road to Tokyo then. He was seeded number three at the European Qualifiers. Which meant he began in the round of 16. Defeating the Armenian Narek Manianasan. Now Clark was actually behind going into round three, but he showed determination and superior fitness to take the round on all of the judges' scorecards and secure a 3-2 split decision victory. Quarterfinals victory over Vagnan Nanintazan of Greece would secure his place in the squad and he once again came through with a 3-2 win. Semi-final, in a close contest... Chivon lost 4-1 against the Spaniard Emmanuel Reyes, collecting a bronze medal. Now, Clark had fell out of love with boxing after an unsuccessful 2014 Commonwealth Games where he represented Jamaica before he switched his allegiances. But he was persuaded to return, and he told Sky Sports in an interview, my style is a mix between Tyson, Roy Jones and Sugar Ray Robinson. I'm relieved <laughs> to have qualified, but not excited because I haven't won anything yet. That's just how I attack things. The Olympics has only been my dream since 2019. 
How do you take that? How do you take that sort of a statement? Yeah, he's, he's a funny one, Chev. He's good friends with uh, Joshua Baratzi, and uh, it was uh, Yal- Yalif, uh, uh, Yalifai, sorry, uh, Gadal, um, that actually uh, told him about the equipment he gets, and that was what actually triggered him for, oh, I'm going to MGB because of the equipment you get. <laughs> he seems like quite a colourful character. He's quite... Um, yeah, he's he's a fun guy. Uh, apparently, he's up early, crack of dawn, seven in the morning, smile on his face, ready to go on, out for a run. He's that type of guy. So, um, yeah, I think he, he would just take it in stride, which I think actually might help him. And, uh, yeah, so just jumping into the favourites, the, the one of the favourites, I mean, the favourites here, these are our favourites. Uh, they are, obviously, they've come from the net, and we've seen a few of them. Um, and some of the pronunciations of these names is a bit tricky. But one of the favourites is the Russian uh, for, from uh, the Olympic Committee, the ROC. And that is Muslim Gadzim, Gadzimanganov Dov. Gadzimanganov. Do you know what? I'm going to call him Gadzim. Um, I'm just going to just, I'm sorry, Muslim. I'll call him Muslim. Um, but he's been quietly going about his business. Uh, he's quietly confident about turning or adding an Olympic gold to his world and European titles. He is standing at six foot four. He's a powerhouse. Uh, he actually went on to beat Emmanuel Reyes in, in the uh, qualifying final um, to, to enter the, and will enter Tokyo as the man to beat. Now, the heavyweight was actually sent a message of congratulations from Vladimir Putin for his triumph, which read, you have achieved your cherished dream by triumphing at the World Championships. I am confident that your leadership stance, persistence and a truly sportsmanlike disposition will help you in the future to achieve your objectives and worthily represent our country at the most prestigious international sports event. Uh, <laughs> I bet he was well chuffed with that. No pressure. No pressure then, no. <laughs> yeah, God. <laughs> so the first Cuban of mention... And the Olympic champion at light heavyweight category, Julio Cesar La Cruz. Uh, he's without doubt one of the clear favourites, even though he has moved up a division. Uh, as he bids to join an elite group of six boxers to win Olympic golds in two separate weight categories. That's going to be quite interesting to see. I'll be uh, interested to see how he gets on. And he's quite confident about it. And this is what he said. He said, the key to victory is in the mentality, the technique and the tactics that we use. I will go to Tokyo with everything. Good one, yeah. I think he, he's definitely one to keep an eye on. And, and New Zealand, uh, they've actually got someone in David N- N- David Nika, uh, and he's the former Commonwealth Games champion. He stands at six foot six as well, and he has actually trained with Joseph Parker and has a one and uh record as a professional. And Nika recently told Radio New Zealand that I've had ninety four fights to date, and I'd really like to get to one hundred before the Olympics, but. That's unlikely unless I make it through to the gold medal match, which uh, would be nice. I've received my apprenticeship in boxing and now it's time to start cashing in. The other challenges also to all the guys we've just mentioned there is Vasily Levitt of Kazakhstan. Any Kazakhstan, trust me, they're all all very, very good. And uh, Radislav Pantelev is the Bulgarian as well. And... um, yeah, so, so it's, it's an interesting one. Um, the first fight as well um, coming up for, um, for for Siobhan Clark, who, by the way, isn't related um, 
to the other clerk. I just want to just clear that up, by the way. Uh, yeah, they're, they're not related. As you can probably tell, he's born in Jamaica. But his first fight is Abner Taxira. He's fighting the Brazilian in the round of 16 on July 27th, Tuesday, July 27th. Prediction, we're going to go for gold or silver. And he, he will be fighting La Cruz in the semis, that dangerous Cuban we just spoke about. Can he get through? If he gets past him, then I think he's on for a gold and silver yeah. medal, possibly against a New Zealander. Who knows? But um, he's got a tough one there. If he can get through that, he could well be taking the gold home. So let's move into the light heavyweight category. Benjamin Whitaker, 48-10 and 10 with one by way of knockout. Now, you look at what he's doing at the moment. He's ranked third in the world by Aiba. And Boxwack don't actually have him down as ranked at the moment. Now, He's only 24 years of age. He's from Dallas and in the West Midlands. He's got an orthodox stance and he's six foot three. And his achievement so far, he's won silver at the European Games and bronze at the World Championships in 2019. His road to Tokyo. Now, he moved up from the middleweight category in 2019 and was the number one seed at qualifiers, which meant he went straight into the round of 16, where he whitewashed the Romanian Paul Aradoea 4 nil. Then he got to the quarterfinals, secured Olympic qualification with a hard-fought, unanimous 5 to nothing win over Liridan Nuha of Sweden. Gets to the semi-final and defeats Croatia's Luka Plantic 3-2. But, unfortunately, was withdrawn from the final as a precaution, but still ended up claiming the silver medal. So he's he's got his way to the Olympics, and he's definitely one that, you know, people that have been talking about him, I think he's someone that... Is, is underrated. Anthony Joshua actually watched Whitaker spar and was so impressed that he asked Joby Clayton, Whitaker's godfather and trainer, to become part of his coaching setup. And an R&B, he's an R&B singer in his uh, in his spare time as well. I don't know if anybody knew that. And he described himself as a show off. And he said, "I just can't help myself." He told Sky Sports, "It's <laughs> nice to be an Olympian. Nice to have that little title, but there's no point going unless you come back with the fruits of your labour." All the greats have done it. Muhammad Ali, Roy Jones. So I want to put my name on that list. Yeah, he's, a, he's another character as well. Um, I did hear a recent interview with uh, Bonts and Costello. Um, I think it was last week, the week before. And yeah, it was quite funny when they were saying like, you know, if you're going to follow in these greats footsteps, you know, you, you, you could become, you know, you can open doors for your kind of thing and his reaction was yeah well when i when you hit an hour on the head kind of thing when i come back i'll uh i'll go straight into strictly come dancing or bake off or something <laughs> like that he said uh yeah really well spoken and articulate and um uh, he, he likes he, he likes the sack of his own voice uh but he <laughs> seems like quite a nice guy uh quite funny uh the favorites well whitaker is one of them uh he is one of the favorites by his own right Look out for Southpaw and high-pressure fighter uh, Ruzmetov, who's in Uzbekistan. I'm going to pronounce his first name, but Ruzmetov. He's he's one of those guys, again, Uzbekistan, just keep an eye out for him. They're just as good as as the Brits. The other challengers is uh, Bezzat Nurandutov, uh, Kazakhstan, Erlan Lopez from Cuba. Again, you know, Kazakhs, Uzbekistan's Cubans, they're all there. Uh, his first fight will be against Jorge Luis Vives Palacios of Colombia in the round of 32 on Sunday, July 25th. Now, the prediction that we've put down for this is uh, we actually think, you know, we might get a silver or potentially a gold medal. Now, 
he's only really got one person I think who stands in his way, and we've agreed that Nuradolatov is the only one that could probably stop him in the semis going to that gold and getting that gold medal. I think it's quite interesting, isn't it? You know, to see like we've got somebody who's genuinely is a favourite to medal, but he's got the the Kazakhstan who's who's really going to be up there looking to to vie for that gold medal. So I am interested to see how he gets on. So I think it's uh, as another good category for us a potential medal in this category so uh, i think johnston if you want to move on and go to the first female on our list yes uh lauren price um lauren price 32 12 and 0 um middleweight category 75 kilos uh Aber's, uh world ranking number one box rec number one age 27 for newport wells or wells sorry uh she's got a, a southpaw stance i think that's the first one we've had uh five foot five and a half hardly anything of her but lauren price is is one uh well We'll speak about it. She's, she was a she's a world championship gold medalist in 2019, becoming only the third British female to do so, and uh, bronze in 2018. European Championship bronze three times in 2011, 2016, and 2018, and a Commonwealth Games gold and bronze medalist in 2018 and 2014, respectively. So her road to Tokyo. She was the number one seed in qualifying and she whitewashed all of her opponents. She whitewashed Divina Mikhail of France and she showed her class with a comprehensive performance against Ukraine's Anastasia Sharona Kalenko to secure a 5-0 unanimous decision in the quarters. She then got to the semis, got a 5-0 victory against Ireland's Eva O'Rourk and then in the final she outclassed the Russian Zenfira Magdomelav Deliva, who had come down from 81 kilos to compete in the Olympic middleweight division of 75 kilos and enjoyed a significant size reach uh, advantage, but it wasn't enough because Price used clever footwork and fast hands to win the gold medal. She will be the only seeded British female in this tournament, which I think is quite interesting. There's a lot of expectation riding on her. Uh, And this is what she said in an interview. She said, it's been my dream to compete at the Olympic Games since I was eight years old. So to finally have the opportunity is amazing, particularly after everything we've had to go through in the last year or so. It will be the highlight of my career today, and I'm really looking forward to competing on the biggest stage of them all. Yeah, she was actually on ITV News recently. Um, great little background story. We ain't going to go into too much detail. Uh, I'm sure we could come back when she picks out a gold medal because I think she's gone. She was raised by her grandparents. She lost her granddad only last year and she's vowed to dedicate her gold medal when she collects it. Uh, she told ITV News he'll be looking down on me as well. She's she's a really nice girl, Price. Uh, she earned actually another side part of her her character. She earned 52 caps as a footballer for Wales as well. And she's a kickboxing world champion. Uh, She told Sky Sports as a kickboxer, I was always better with my hands and my legs. Now my speed and footwork is a big part of the game. So I'm not sure if that comes from my football. I'm very fast, very technical. I get in and out and I'm very skillful. And she definitely is one to look out for. So the other challenges in the category that Lauren Price is in is Naomi Graham of the United States. And she's actually a staff sergeant in the U.S. Army and the first active female military member to represent USA Boxing in the Olympics. Now, she has some shoes to fill because Clarissa Shield is the back-to-back <laughs> Olympic gold medalist in 2012 and 2016. 
Now, Graham finished first in the 2020 Boxham International Tournament, the 2020 Strada Tournament, and the 2019 Pan American Games. So there's no doubt that she is definitely one to watch in this tournament. There's also uh, Zemfirma Magdameleva of Russia, of course, and then there's Tamara Theobelt of Canada. So going into that first fight then, the first contest for Lauren Price is on the 28th of July. It's in the round of 16. Uh, I'm not going to try and pronounce the lady's first name because it's really difficult. So I'm going to name her by her second name, which is Munkbat of Mongolia. So Munkbat of Mongolia is the first test for Lauren Price on the 28th of July. Prediction then. This is an interesting one. We've both decided to go for goal. Yeah, gold in it. Got to be. So Lauren will be you know, one of Britain's top prospects to actually win a medal this time round. I think she's definitely got the opportunity to follow in the footsteps of, of people like Nicola Adams, who you know obviously was one of our most successful Olympians. Uh, if she beats Graham in the semis and she gets to the semis, beats Graham, I think then she's got Magda Maliva in the final. That's the way the draw's working out. So she's got tough, a tough way to get to the final but I definitely think she gets there and I, I honestly think she wins this I think she's probably one of the ones that I'm most confident about actually going and getting a gold to be honest yeah same with me I think I think Lauren's got it in the bag I th- unless something dramatic dramatic happens to her uh, there's absolutely no reason why she can't get that goal so uh, we're going to move away from the British fights for the minute because we have no men in the middleweight division it's the division where we don't have a male combatant combatant sorry and uh, so what we're going to do is, uh, due to this category being one of the most competitive, fascinating tussles, uh, we thought we would highlight some of the fighters to look out for. Uh, the favourites, there's two favourites in particular. That's Filipino um, Umer Martial and Alexander Kikniak of the Ukraine. And uh, they are two to watch out for now. Kikniak is dubbed as the new Vasilo Lamanchenko. Again, no pressure there on that lad. Uh, like high tech, he is trained by his father, a former boxer who represented the Soviet Union. The Ukrainian uh, is only 25. He uh, and has uh, delayed his professional career because his main focus is to win that Olympic gold in Tokyo. He became the world youth champion in 2012, European champion in 2017, world champion in the same year. And then late last year, the Ukrainian Boxing Federation awarded his International Boxing Association, EBA, uh, 2020 man's or men's best in boxing prize uh, to Kesnik, uh, Kesnik as well. So definitely look out for him. He's a tremendous little fire. Now, Martial, uh, also 25, officially turned pro last year after signing a deal with Manny Pacquiao Promotions and is currently under the tutelage of Freddie Roach. Now, he's decided to represent the Philippines in international amateur competitions, including the Games, the the Power Puncher, won the Junior World Championships back in 2011. So, expect some potential knockouts from this Filipino star. The other challengers then in the middleweight division has got the American Troy Isler, who won a bronze medal at the 2017 World Championships and the 2019 Pan American Games. And he's now a professional at 2-0. And then we've also got Gleb Baski of Russia and Ashes Kumar of India as other challengers and other fighters to look out for. So uh, jumping on to uh, Great Britain and Great Britain's next um... Almost dead cert gold medalist for me is Pat McCormack. 70, 10 and 3 KOs, of course, including that World Series of Boxing career. In the world weight division, 69 kilograms. Aiba's world ranking at number one. Uh, BoxRec don't have him 
anywhere. And I think that's because he's been slightly inactive. I think that's what it had on there. Not quite sure why. Uh, ranked at 26, uh, obviously from, from Sunderland. If you didn't know, Patty is a tired and weird guy. Uh, his stance orthodox and he stands at five foot eight. His accomplishments, well, he's the first of the McCormack twins. Is uh, he's the veteran of Rio 2016 and is the reigning European champion. Only a cruel clash of heads in the second round in the 2019 World Championship final limited McCormack to a silver medal. He is an experienced and well-decorated Olympian and one of Team GP's most serious prospects to medal in this Olympics. I really can't see beyond Pat McCormack. So his road to Tokyo then, he's the number one seed for qualifying. He stopped Hug Mikalev of Monaco in the round of 16. Uh, quarterfinal was a 5-0 whitewash against Erskan Amidiev from Georgia. And he got to the final and he actually got to gain revenge on the man who beat him in the 2019 World Championship final as he unanimously outpointed Andre Zamakovoy to win the gold. And Pat McCormack said, I'm feeling great, European champion, going to go to the Olympics, probably with the number one seed. I've just beaten the world champion who beat me in the final of the Worlds and cut me in Russia as well, so it's been on my mind a lot. I got the win and I put it on him and at the end made sure I'm just over the moon. Pat will be the only seeded Brit in the Olympics, which means he will avoid the other top seeds, which, as you said, Johnston, probably makes him a dead cert to, to definitely medal and, again, potentially win the gold. Yeah, and uh, yeah, with Pat going into the Olympics uh, as the red hot favourite, I mean, we've not really, there aren't really any uh, other favourites. Uh, there's other challenges. You got the United States, uh, Delante Tiger Johnson uh, was a world uh, championship experience going into the Olympics, having competed in the elite world championships and the youth world championships as well. There's a few youth people we've got one in particular coming up. We're going to speak about in a minute. Uh, finishing first in uh, the latter back in 2016 the other one is uh andre zam zamkovai or kovio Kov- uh, russian <laughs> these names are just ridiculous for me uh but yeah definitely another one uh you've got to look out for the russian first fight is to be decided already in round of 16 and he will be fighting when he when he gets his opponent on tuesday july 27th and you know prediction only a Dip in form or an exceptional performance for one of the other challenges will stop him. Johnson and Zamkov... Zamkovoy. The Russian. Uh, they're on the other half of the draw as well. So, look, this is... It's, it's got to happen. I can't... Unless, again, something dramatic happens, surely Pat's going to get this. I think so. I think so. Uh, now, with, there's no British females competing in the Welters this time around for us, so... We've got a list of a couple of fighters to look out for. Now, interestingly, the sister of current professional, Ofer Jones III, we've picked out O'Shea Jones of the United States, who holds the distinction of being the first woman welterweight to be a member of the USA Olympic boxing team. She competed in the 2019 and 2018 Elite Women's World Championships and won the Boxham International Tournament and Pan America Games. She is also 5-1-1 as a super featherweight in the pros as well. Now, Another one to look out for is Buzenaz Sumerelinia. He's a Turkish world champion boxer who has won several titles at the Youth Championships and won a bronze medal at the 2019 Women's European Championship Amateur Boxing. Uh, Marianne De Silva, Canada, and then Karolina Kozweski of Poland are the other females to watch out for in the welterweight division. So, Johnston, if you want to move on to the next Team GB hopeful in the lightweight division. 
Yeah, uh, Luke McCormack, uh, 49-15-2. and two. Again, World Series boxing career included in that. Uh, Ibra, Ibra have him as 10th, uh, but currently 13th in the 64-kilo weight category as well. He's, he's, he's sort of a bit of a mix between. Uh, Box worker have, have him at 9th uh, in, the, in the rankings. He's 26 years old. Obviously, he's from Sunderland. He is the twin of Pat as well. Um, and he stands at six foot nine and a half inches. Uh, achievements. Well, he's, well, he's, uh, the a, he's second... a bit lightweight then, isn't he? Well, he is, I know. Yeah, <laughs> five nine and a half. Yeah. I, I, do you know what? I might have to... Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's that's a good point. I wonder if that might ever be a, a, a mistake there. Um, yeah. Uh, achievements. Uh, obviously, he's the second McCormack twin. He's... he's com- Competing in the same division that his brother was involved in in Rio 2016. In 2015, Luke and his brother Pat became only the second pair of twins to win England Boxing Elite National titles on the same day. Luke is a bronze medalist at 28 in Commonwealth Games and a 2019 European Games and a gold medalist at the 2019 Men's EU Championship. So, uh, yeah, look out for Luke. Well, his road to Tokyo, he went into qualifying in Paris as the third seed. He defeated Turgil Edemir of Turkey by split decision, 4-1 to one in the round of 16, becoming the third member of the GB Boxing Squad to secure his place at Tokyo 2020 Olympics. In the quarterfinal, he won 5 to nothing against Enrico Lacruz of the Netherlands. Uh, in the final, he missed out and he got silver and he lost 4-1 to one to the number two seed from France, Sofiane Omina. The favourite by all accounts, for this division, is Andy Cruz of Cuba, another Cuban. He's the reigning light welterweight world champion, and big things are expected of him in the Olympic lightweight division. Now, we all know about Cuba's rich history of Olympic boxing success over the last half century, but Cruz, oh, yeah. Cruz is seriously is one of their real hopes for a gold medal this time around, and he actually does understand the expectation on his shoulders back home, and he said... I can't deny that being a pre-competition favourite puts a little pressure on me, but I've been dealing with that calmly for months now. When I was a kid, I dreamed of becoming an Olympic champion, and now I'm one step away from it. The counter-punching hot favourite became the world champion in 2017 and 2019, and the winner of the Pan American Games in both 2015 and 2019. He's a serious, serious favourite to win in that category, and there are other challenges that you may be aware of. There's Kayshawn Davis of the United States, he has a 3-0 professional record, which is why you may be aware of him. And his pal, Shakur Stevenson, believes that Davis has what it takes to win the gold medal at the Tokyo Olympics. He was the 2017 and 2018 elite national champion before finishing second in the 2019 elite world championships prior to turning professional. The other opponent we mentioned earlier, Sofiane Umiya of France. He's going to be another difficult opponent for Luke if they square off again. And then you've got Hovhans Abakov of Armenia and Wanderson Oliveira of Brazil as the other challengers to potentially go on to win medals. So for McCormack then, his first fight is actually on the 25th of July and it's in the round of 32 and he's facing Manish Kushkik of India. So that's going to be interesting to see how he starts and how he gets on uh, this coming Sunday. This is going to be interesting and I wonder what people think about this prediction because we've predicted that he'll probably get to the round of 16 where he's most likely going to face that Cuban, Andy Cruz. I really (laughs) struggle to see how he's going to get past Andy Cruz, but you never know. An exceptional performance might do it, but I honestly don't think he'll get past him. 
Yeah, and I agree. I think I think the round sixteen might be his the furthest he goes. He may surprise us. You know, these uh, the Brits are just as good as the Cubans, but I just think Cruz is probably just got a different level. A bit like how we see Pat, and a bit like how we see Lauren Price. Same sort of thing. They're just above the rest. But we're going to move on to the next one, and the next one that I'm sure many will have will be keeping an eye out for because it's Caroline Dubois. Uh, Fantastic record at 35-2. and two. Uh, Only lost two in 37 fights with two KOs as well. A lightweight at 60 kilos. Uh, Aiba, don't actually have her ranked because she come from a youth, the youth side of things and she just hasn't had enough senior fights. But Box Rec have her at third. She is, of course, the youngest member of the team at age 20 and youngest by five years from anyone else. Um, she's from Enfield, London. She's a Southpaw and she stands at five... A five and a five foot five, basically five foot five and a half. Her achievements. Well, she's the younger sister of Daniel. I'm sure as soon as you hear the why you think Daniel or Caroline is the younger sister. We've also got two other brothers as well um, that are actually fighting at the moment um, that are younger. So keep an eye out for them too. Uh, she won the 2019 European Women's Youth Championships. And, of course, the 2019 BBC Young Sports Personality of the Year. And running through her road to Tokyo, she was actually unseeded, Caroline. She kick-started her route to Tokyo with a round of 32 victory over Ala Storup of Belarus. Uh, round 16 she moved into, and this was the moment that she arrived in the seniors with a very impressive win over the number one seed, Maria Potkovnan, <laughs> the Finnish lady. She, I, I watched this fight and have a little tussle, fell on the floor a couple of times. She tried to rough her up. Caroline weren't having none of it. She showed great boxing skills, moved on to the quarterfinals. She scored a unanimous decision over Italian Rebecca Nicololai uh, to secure her place on the plane. That was the win. Get through that quarterfinal, she'd done it five to nothing. She then dealt with the number four seed, uh, Alex Susan of uh, Sweden. And in the final, well, Dubois earned a silver medal at the European Boxing Olympic Qualification Tournament in June, losing by a split decision to the number two seed, Kelly Harrington. Ireland's Kerry Harrington. She's one to definitely keep an eye on, which you'll speak about in a minute. Uh, yeah, great performance from her. Um, she didn't pick up the goal, but well done. Uh, Caroline's proven herself now as a senior. Well, she now believes the year-long delay that we've just encountered it's going to benefit her. And she told Sky Sports that it's been a bit sweet when it happened. I was upset and I was annoyed. I was ready, prepared and I'd made weight. I thought it was going to be the end of the world after a long year. And I realised it was God's plan. I am older, more mature and I can feel it within myself. So she's quite confident going into this. I, I know Bunt and Costello have raved about her on their pod when they've yeah. spoke about Caroline Dubois and where she's going to go and the Olympics. I know Bunt absolutely creams himself over, over what she's going to do at the Olympics. He's, uh, he's really, really hot on what she can do going forward. Now, we're moving to the favourites. Uh, Wu Shiyi of China, and as you mentioned, Johnson, Ireland's Kelly Harrington are the favourites to meet in the lightweight final. The other challengers, Beatrice Soares of Brazil, uh, Mira Potkanen of Finland, as you mentioned, and Rashida Ellis of the United States. For Dubois, the first fight is going to be against Anjeta Sadiku of Kosovo in the round of 32 on Tuesday, the 27th of July. Now, this is going to be interesting because we predicted gold. I wonder what people think of that, given this is a major, major tournament for her. As she meets Ellis in the round of 16, if she gets through the round of 32, Harrington in the semis, and 
we reckon that she'll probably show her class in the final and why Steve Bunce absolutely raves about her. We think, you know, she'll definitely come to fruition and this will be her tournament. I think she'll go for gold. I think she'll get it and it'll be uh, very interesting to see what happens next, whether she carries on or whether she decides to move over into the professional game. So if you want to take us into the next female competitor in the featherweight division, Johnston. Yeah, yeah, just uh, the Dubois-Harrington fight. That's going to be a big one in the semis, but I, I, I fancy Caroline. Uh, so the next one is uh, Karis um, Artingstall, 11-4-0. Uh, 11-4 uh, with zero knockouts. She's a featherweight, 57 kilos. Aiba Ranker at number five. Uh, nothing on box rec. She's 26 years old. Uh, birthplace, uh, residence, Macclesfield. And her achievements... She proudly representing the military as a gunner in the British Army, and she won uh, silver at the first major Olympic uh, major tournament in uh, 2019 European Championships. So her road to Tokyo, then she was unseeded, and she won unanimously against Helena Bruchiev in the round of 16. But in the quarterfinals, she lost to the number three seed. Stanimira Petrova from Bulgaria, who was four to one in that particular performance, meaning she had to get through a box off to secure her place. Now, in the box off, she actually became the eleventh British boxer to qualify for Tokyo by defeating Sweden's Stephanie Thor to seal her place in the squad. And she told England Boxing after that, in the box off, I felt far more relaxed and ready for it. I don't really understand why, but having to come through that whole experience, I think I will be stronger for it. It's made me realise that you have to be 100% for it, mentally, as well as physically. She also told Sky Sports separately, I started boxing when I was 15, but didn't expect to go to the Olympics. When I made the Team GB team, I thought I could make something out of this. Seeing all the pictures of the former Olympic medalists on the wall, I thought I can be like them, and if they can do it, so can I. So, she's... uh, She's definitely a quiet, quiet dark horse there. I think she's going to have a bit of trouble, though, because the favourite is Lin Yu Ting of China. Definitely one to watch in this weight category. The other challengers, we've got Nestia Patesio of the Philippines, Sky Nicholson of Australia, and Sena Iri of Japan. So for Artingstall, her first fight comes on Saturday, 24th of July, in the round of 32, against Kemogeste Seide Kenosa of Botswana. So... I think she probably will get through that, I think. But I think after that is where it might become difficult. I think she'll probably get through the next 16. Quarterfinals is what we've mm-hmm. both agreed on, I think. Quarterfinals is what we've agreed on is as, as far as she'd get. And I think that'd be still a massive achievement for her, you know, given the sort of limited experience that she's had and how late she's come into it. I think it's definitely an opportunity. But you never know, she might have an exceptional performance and prove everybody completely differently. Yeah, I think I think the quarterfinals is. I mean, I think it works out to be Nicholson if Nicholson can get there. That's a tough one. It's a it's a throw up fight. It could be Nicholson. It could be Art Install. You just don't know. Um, hopefully, she can do it and then move on to get a bronze. But I think the quarterfinals might be a limit. Uh, the next fighter is uh, Peter McGraw, who is forty five eighteen and one KO. Uh, the division, featherweight, 57 kilos. Aiba having ranked at number three. Box record, 22. Bit of a discrepancy there. Age 25 from Liverpool, Merseyside. Southpaw on five foot five and a half inches. Achievements, well, the Liverpool fighter is the most decorated boxer in the team GB and is the only fighter to win a medal at every major tournament. McGraw has won a gold medal at European Championship 
and a Commonwealth Games uh, and uh, a, two bronzes at the um, World Championships. And he proudly said, I've got a medal in every major championship and Tokyo is another chance to do that. Now, his road to Tokyo, he secured his spot in Team GB's boxing squad for the Olympic Games at the Olympic qualifying event in London after defeating the Czech Republic's Kevin Goodler. Now, he missed out on a medal in Paris when he lost in the quarters to the Hungarian Roland Gallos. Now, after guaranteeing his place in Tokyo, he said, It's a proud moment for me and my family, but I know I still have a job to do when I'm there. So, the favourite in this category is the World and Asian Games champion, Mirazazabek Mirazazakalayev, who arrives in Tokyo as another of Uzbekistan's great medal hopes. He's the <laughs> dominant force at the 57 kilo category, which is another very competitive division. The 26 year old takes part in challenging training camps in the mountains, living uh, an almost Spartan lifestyle with his sparring partners and fellow Olympic hopefuls. So the other challengers then is Lazaro Alvarez of Cuba and Duke Reagan of the United States. For McGrail, his first fight is on Saturday the 24th of July in the round of 32 against Chachai Jacha Booty of Thailand. Our prediction then for Peter McGrail, the final. We think he's uh, he's going to have to get past the Cuban, Alvarez, which I think is a tough ask, but I think he does it. I think he gets all the way to the final. I th- we think he might get to the final and get a silver. I think that's... I just can't see him getting the gold. I think the favourite that we mentioned, I yeah. think he's probably going to be the one that walks away. But again, you just never know, do you? You don't know. This is the moment for them to shine. And this is what the Olympics are all about, is to take their performances to the next level. And if he can do that, then absolutely fantastic. He'll be beating some amazing fighters in that division. And good luck to him. Yeah, Uzbekistan versus Great Britain in the final. That's mouth-watering, is it? Uh, both both nations are, have done tremendously well in terms of their amateur boxing background at the minute. And so we'll move on to the next one. Galal Yafai, um, well-known fighter, uh, obviously a part of that Yafai brothers. But we'll go into that 35 and 14 with one KO, flyweight 52 kilos. Aiba ranking at number five, box record eight. He's 28 years old. He's from Birmingham, West Midlands, Southport, and stands at five foot two. His achievements. This will be the third Olympics for the Yafai family. Galal competed at Rio 2016 and his brother Cow at Beijing 2008. And he told Sky Sports, I'm a two-time Olympian, but Cow and Gamal give me advice like I'm a novice. <laughs> it's great for me. Cow uh, has been to the Olympics before me and is a former world champion. Any advice I can get uh, will make me better. And, and, and the road to Tokyo for your fire, well, we actually secured his place at the 2020 or 2021 Tokyo Games. He actually done it in London uh, before it was suspended due to the coronavirus pandemic after a year's delay and contemplating a move to the pros like his brothers well he opted to wait it out and he told the sports gazette i was open to thinking about the options but i did not want to give away my olympic place either because i worked four years for it i did not want to give it away to someone else i had worked hard and I'd won my Olympic place. And I'll make it right. It was a dif- difficult decision for some of these. I mean, McGraw was another one. He could have uh, gone pro. He had it there. It was like three days in or three and a half days in. And then the coronavirus hit. And then it just they shut everything down. Your fire and, and um, McGraw, they, they managed to get their place. And they just had to wait 15 months to finally uh, for the Olympics to come around. So good on them for sticking around. Um, and that, that shows just how much of a good camp this lot are. Even though... 
he was already qualified. He still ended up in the flyweight final in Paris against the number one seed, Bilal Benama of France. And it was a finely balanced before... It was finally balanced before the referee put a stop to the action in round three due to a clash of heads, which left the French boxer with a cut above his arm. Now, although it looked accidental, the fire was harshly judged to be at fault and was disqualified, with the gold medal going to Benama. Now, Galal is eager to impress five years on, and he wants to prove that he made the correct decision by not turning pro last year. And he said, the last Olympics were big for me. I was working a full-time job just a year before. I was a newbie on the squad. Then suddenly I was on the plane to Rio. And I had good and I have bad memories. I lost to the Cuban world champion. And this is his chance. This is probably his last chance as well. Third Olympics. He's got to go for it now. Uh, but he's got these favourites that are in there as well. The reigning Olympic champion, Shakadobadin Zoryov from Uzbekistan. He's the odds-on favourite to win the flyweight title and retain it. The 28-year-old has already signed his contract with MTK Global and he's already reeled off three professional wins, but he's focused on adding more gold to his collection. And he recently told the official Olympics channel, I took part in the 2019 World Championships and became world champion. I then took part in professional boxing three times and won all three fights. The difference between professional and amateur boxing is that amateur boxing requires more technical skills and more speed in strikes, so it's more difficult in my opinion. But for now, my motivation is to become a two-time Olympic champion and the first from Uzbekistan. So the other challengers then in the division, as we mentioned, we've got Bilal Banama of France, we've got Amit Pangal of India, and we talked about Bilal Banama. He obviously defeated Yafai in the qualifiers. I think he was very lucky on that. I don't think it'll happen again if they meet in Tokyo. Uh, for Yafai, his first fight is against an Armenian, Sogomanyov. Now, it's in the round of 32, and it's on Monday the 26th of July. Prediction, then. This is the one where we think, will he get there? Will he eventually get his dream? I think if you look at the bottom half of the draw, I think he'll avoid Zoyarov and Pankal, but he's got to navigate himself past the highly decorated Cuban, Josvane Vitia, who holds two notable wins over Neo Inoue, and because of that, we think he's probably going to get eliminated in the quarterfinals. I don't think it will be a happy ending for the Galal Yifai this time round. Yeah, I can't see him getting back. I mean, again, these Cubans, it just we've, we've been quite unfortunate with three or, three or four of our fighters where we've landed against Cubans. Um, we know we will, at the end of this, we'll just quickly run through how just how successful the Cubans have been, even in recent years. People think it was always old, old, old times, but they're still continually doing it. Um, so, yeah, um, I just it's just a tough ask. You can't expect us to beat them all. But then again, you never know. Who knows? We might, we might, we may even have 11 medalists. That'd be amazing. So the next one, uh, one of my favourites is uh, Charlie Davison. She's actually four and two with zero KOs. Four and two, six fights. Why is that? Well, she's a flyweight at 51 kilos. Aiba don't have her ranked. Box rank, have her at number three. She's only 27 years old. She's from Lost Laos Soft Suffolk. She is a Southport. Now, her achievements, she's got a fantastic achievement. She is known within Team GP as Super Mum. And the fighter is there. Uh, she returned to boxing in 2018 just to keep fit after uh, a seven-year break, during which time she had three kids. She won a gold medal in the 2019 England Boxing National Championships just a year ago into her comeback and is now breaking down barriers as a mother hunting for the gold in Tokyo. What a great story that is. 
That will be a great story. Now, her road to Tokyo uh, is unseated but unfazed. The mother of three bulldozed away through the round of 16 with a 5 to nothing victory over Carly McNall of Ireland. Then she outclassed the number four seed in the quarterfinal from Poland, Sandra Drabic, to capture her place on Team GB squad. In the semi-final, she did it again in the semis with a 5-0 whitewash of the Italian Giordana Sorrentino. And in the final, she delivered another fine performance, but unfortunately found herself on the wrong end of a 4-1 split decision against the tournament's number one seed, Muse Naz Kagaya of Turkey. So we go into the favourites then in Charlie Davidson's division. The six-time world champion from India, Mary Com, will probably be the most experienced female boxer. But at 38, she's going to have to overcome the talented Taiwanese Huang Hissel Wen to collect the gold. The other challengers are Ginny Fuchs from the United States, Pang Chol Mai of North Korea, and as we mentioned, the Turkish lady Buas Naz Karagalu, and the Filipino Irish Mango, which I thought was an absolutely classic name. With um, brilliant name, <laughs> I think that's going to get some. Um, it's definitely going to get some social media memes coming out of that one. But Irish Mango from the Philippines. Now the first fight for Davidson is Rabab Cheddar from Morocco on Sunday the 25th of July. Our prediction then for Davidson. We think she's going to get a silver. We think she's going to get all the way and get a silver medal. I think what she's um, what she's done is amazing already to get to where she is. I think it, most of it's going to be a walk in the park for her. I think if she defeats Com in the semis, I think she'll make the final. I think she might struggle. Again, could this be the defining moment? A lot of ifs, buts and maybes, but you just never know. I think if, if Davidson was to go on to win a gold... That would be one of the most successful Olympic boxing performances, I think, from any competitor that we've probably ever had. I think that that story surrounding it, I think, would make it for me. Absolutely. I really hope Davidson does it. She's, I mean, three kids. She's only young as well. You know, she just, she has that long delay, seven year break, and she comes back to to make the Olympic team a, a great background story. And I hope she does it. And, yeah, that's the 11 fighters. I'm really excited. I think we're, we've gone, uh, we've probably gone with our hearts probably a little bit more than our heads at times. But do you know what? Um, let's get carried away. Um, I, I went with my head with England and uh, we got to the final. So who's not to say we walk away with 11 medals? I mean, that would be an amazing achievement. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, what we have done is just put the medals since 20,000. Um, I don't you run through a few, Sean, I run through a few. Just to give people the idea of, the top three that always sort of top the boxing medal charts and how we have improved since 2000. So from 2000, the Olympic Olympic Games in Sydney, uh, Cuba, they got four golds, two bronze, equal six medals. Russia got two gold, three silver, two bronze, seven medals. Kazakhstan in third with two gold, two silver, four medals. Right down in seventh was Great Britain with that one gold. And it was Audley Harrison. You know, he came out of that 2000... Olympic Games with so much prospect, so much hope, but turned out not to probably achieve what people expected him to achieve. So the 2004 Olympic Games in Athens in Greece, lo and behold, it's Cuba again at number one, five golds, two silver, one bronze, the eight medals in total in 2004. Amazing performance. Russia again at number two, three golds, three bronze, six medals. And number three again, Kazakhstan, one gold, one silver, one bronze, three medals. And in eighth position was Great Britain with one silver. And that was Amir Khan. Of course it was. Amir Khan got the only medal for Great Britain in the boxing in 2004. 
Yeah, moving on, 2008 Olympic Games in Beijing. Uh, China, top the table. Uh, you know, I suppose they were the host nation with two golds, one silver, one bronze and three in total. Russia in second, two golds, one silver and three medals. Russia again up there. And then France sneaked in with uh, three medals. They've got one gold, one silver, one bronze. Great Britain, well, we were sixth. But we've got one goal with James DeGale and two bronze with Tony Jeffries and David Price. Three medals in total, which was a, a great achievement for us. So the uh, 2012 Olympic Games in London, well, Great Britain, they finished top. Brilliant. We know we've done a podcast on this. Have a listen. Great listen. Three uh, golds, Nicola Adams, Andy Joshua, Luke Campbell, one silver, Fred Evans, and one bronze, Anthony Agogo, equaling five medals. Ukraine's dropped in second, two golds, one silver, two bronze, five in total. And the Cubans in third with four medals, two in the gold, and two bronze. So uh, the Cubans came back after a bit of a poor one in 2008. Well, Olympic Games in Rio 2016, Uzbekistan topped the table with three golds, two silvers and two bronze, seven medals in total. Cuba pushed up to second, three golds, three bronze, six medals in total. And France, two golds, two silvers, two bronze and six medals in total. So they did pretty well. And for us, for Great Britain, it was in fifth. We got one gold for Nicola Adams again, making that two in a row. And then one silver, which was disputable for Joe Joyce. He should have got gold, that one against Tony yeah. Oka. And then one bronze, Joshua Buatzi. So we got three medals. We did do pretty decent, I think, in the 2016 Olympics. And now, this is it. You know, we've got our, our final prediction, really. We've gone through all the 11 competitors. We've made our predictions individually. But our overall prediction, Great Britain, 2020 Olympics... I think we'll get eight medals. That's a very, very big prediction from us, that the pair of us that we put together. Eight medals. I think I think, <laughs> I, think right. I think three of them three of them are gonna be golds, I think. I think we'll medal. Out of the eleven, we've definitely got a good chance of getting them eight. I really do believe that. I think we've put our heads together and said eight. People might be saying we're overestimating, but I don't think we are. I think we've got some talented talented guys and girls in there and I think we've genuinely got a good chance of getting a lot of medals this time round. Yeah, and I think, do you know what, the other thing is, is we, uh, when we were making our predictions, we were, we were running off by whether they're going to meet certain people at certain points. And, you know, obviously we've run through some of the favourites in there, some of the, ones, some of the fighters to avoid, to just try and get to the semis. And then if you're in the semis, you're, you're guaranteed a medal. I think um, for us, now we've actually looked at the draw, you know, I honestly believe that there is no reason why these they can't be making the, uh, the the semis and then obviously there's a few that are dead certs with your Pats and your Laurens they're, they're almost a dead cert goal there's no one going to trouble them unless something bad happens they're not going to lose that so you get the other goal we've gone for Caroline to get that but who knows it could be one of the others and I think honestly because they're on a roll they're active they've had the European like the European qualifiers only in June they're going to be absolutely flying they're going to be wanting to prove themselves and they're and that might give them the edge, I think. Some people will look at it as they could burn themselves out. If anything, it gets them prepared for a tournament boxing. And I think that's why we think we're going to do so well. Yeah, I agree with you. I can't really add anything that's going to bring any more value to, to our predictions and our assessment of the uh, Tokyo 2020 Olympics. And we've really enjoyed doing this, actually. We've never really done something like this before as a preview episode you know we've done our 2012 the 76 the 84 us teams but you know to actually sit here and do something ahead of the olympic games you know only in a couple of days time we're really happy to be putting it out there and i hope you guys do enjoy it you know there's been some butchering of some names in this episode some comical moments of course but you know what (laughs) you know what johnston it's a pleasure to do it i love it i love i love the sport i love 
doing the amateur yeah. side of the sport and I love the Olympics in particular. We both spoke about the Olympics many times in many different episodes that we've covered for various reasons and this is the good chance for us to have done this. So I'm glad that, you know, we've sat down and done this and obviously we've done a visual version as well. So if um I hope you don't catch me picking my nose at some point during the course of the episode. And probably, you'll probably see me wiping the sweat from your brow because it's so goddamn warm at the moment in the UK <laughs> with this heat wave. We're actually really enjoying it, but we can't can't cope with it. We're not built and we're not equipped to deal with this type of weather. So that's why I'm sat here in a vest. That's why my brow was probably sweating like... And that's why I got my glasses off as well, if anybody's noticed. I'm not wearing my glasses this time around because I'm sweating that much. It's... It's just so bad. So, hey guys, I hope you've I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope we've not waffled on too much for you, and I hope it's a, a nice little preview, a nice little insight to the Olympics for Team GB. But of course, you know, adding all the favourites in there from all the weight categories and giving you guys a bit of an idea of what's to come with the Olympic Games for 2020 Tokyo. I'm looking forward to it, Johnston. It's been an absolute pleasure, and I hope you guys have enjoyed watching or listening, whichever way you've consumed it. We hope you've enjoyed it, and make sure you give us a follow on Twitter at BTR Boxing Pod and on Insta and on Facebook, and make sure you're subscribing to Apple Podcasts or any available podcasting app to listen to it. Subscribe to YouTube as well. While you're subscribing to everything else, why not subscribe to our YouTube channel where all our visual content's going to be, or all our content is going to be in general. So please do check us out on YouTube as well. And it's been an absolute pleasure to give our Tokyo 2020 Olympic boxing preview. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.